0: Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Steve. Growing up in the 80s, we were introduced to video games, movies, and technology that made a lasting impression on us and forever enriched our lives. I think I'm gonna cry! It's been a fascinating journey to be a part of, one that we constantly treasure. Booty. Our goal is simple share our magical moments of discovery and geek out with lovely folks just like you. Ah, uh, achievement unlocked. So if you crave pixel goodness, memorable moments, and experiences that make your inner child do the happy dance, you've come to the right place. Let's do this! Welcome to Joygasm. Ah, <laughs> yeah! What's up everyone and welcome back to Joygasm where we talk about video games, movies, and pop culture. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360 and joining me is Steve, Xbox Live Steveovich as we begin episode 5-0, the big 5-0 today on December 9th, 2017. To get the most out of Joygasm, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on joygasm.tv and soundcloud.com slash joygasm TV. Also for exclusive access and some pretty sweet goodies, check us out at patreon.com slash joygasm. And no matter which platform you use to enjoy the show, please drop us a subscription, thumbs up, or a review. It helps us to build awareness which we appreciate. Oh, so so very much we have an insightful show for you today we are dedicating this episode to discussing the 2017 video game Awards ceremony that happened earlier this week but before we dive into that little chestnut how you doing steve russ it's uh, getting cold
1: outside a little nipply you know it is indeed it's very titillating of you to say that indeed yes
0: but i like it i you know i like the cold more than i like the uh, the heat I am inclined to agree. I am not a fan of of uh, sweating. Right, and uh,
1: if anyone ever came over to your house, uh, you keep it freezing. So, uh, <laughs> actually, it's colder out. It's finally it's colder outside than it actually is in your house. But throughout the rest of the seasons, uh, it's colder in your house than it is outside.
0: My nose is actually the only kind of uh, victim of the the sudden drop in temperature because I. Started uh, getting a little bit of the old sniffles the other day, but it's not like a cold. It's more like just blood. <laughs> it's like the vessels Rose. are like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. So. Now,
1: when it's cold outside, uh, I, I I do get a runny nose just because it's like, uh, it's cold. Run. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Russ.
0: Yeah. What have you been playing, huh? What have I been playing? Well, I will tell you, Steve. Oh, tell me. Do tell us. There was a mm. night upon nights a few nights ago. How about that? I was actually binge playing South Park Stick of Truth. Oh. Well, and I had played the game. I started playing it on the Xbox 360 several years ago. I think it was back in like 2014 when it first came out. But I didn't get very far, and it was one of those games that I just kind of forgot about just under like the, the, the huge of stack of yeah, other games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. yeah, yeah you know, went to the pile. Uh huh. And so, but I never, I never forgot about it. I always knew I had it, and I had to get back to it. Mm. But I just for whatever reason did not. And so, I was looking at it because I was thinking, well, maybe I'll just um, fire up the Xbox 360. I haven't, I haven't used that system in a while, and I, and I and as far as I'm. Aware as far as I know, I think that you can still have achievements get unlocked that apply to your overall gamer score. Mm. That's not backwards compatible in the uh, Xbox one yet there. I don't know, Uh but what was interesting was I, so I sit down I start playing it. And of course I forgot how to play. Mm. I forgot how all the game mechanics work and stuff. And so I'm just like, okay, what, what exactly is going on here? But I also noticed too, that I was only level seven. And so I was thinking, well, I didn't get very far. I thought I had gotten farther than I actually was. And so I was thinking, well, okay, so I did buy South Park Fractured But Whole. And one of the things that they do is they, they throw in Stick of Truth for free when, oh. you, when you purchase Fractured But Whole. So I was thinking, you know, okay, this is actually a great opportunity for me to just, I'll just start the game over. I wasn't that far along anyway. I'll just start over and play it on my Xbox One you know, have better performance of the game and everything else. And so I did that and and it was great because then all of a sudden I could really get back into it. That game is so funny. I cannot believe just how well the humor from the show just translates directly into the game. And just, of course, you controlling a character that you customize and having it, you know, him or her, probably him, fit into um, this world known as South Park. I mean, it, it's just it's a riot all the time. And I think the game itself, if you, if you were to take away the humor, I don't think it would have been nearly as memorable of a game just because the gameplay mechanics are pretty standard fare. I mean, there's nothing that's reinventing the wheel with the game itself, but in terms of using that skin of South park to just wrap those gameplay mechanics um, inside of that, it's just brilliant. And it's so fun to see Matt Stone and Trey Parker's just very edgy humor coming through. And you can tell they were having fun with, like, just not only telling an original story with all these beloved characters, but also kind of roasting you as the player from time to time as well, which was uh, immensely satisfying. So ended up beating the game. And so I'm ready to go into Fraction but Whole, but I do think I'm probably going to take a little bit of a break just because binge playing like that for, like, one whole evening, I was just, just cranking through it. I'm a little uh, weary of um, huh. <laughs> just just the the, the fart and uh, toilet humor oh, overall. Yeah. I'm kind, of <laughs> kind of like, yeah, okay. Happens. Yeah,
1: I, I can only watch a couple episodes of South Park when I get it. Uh-huh. I
0: can't watch the whole thing through, or else I'm like, Ugh, i was like,
1: I got to go take a shower. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, and, and like I said, don't get me wrong, it was a really fun game. I'm looking forward to the next one, but I just feel like I need to play, you know, maybe another game or two in the the, the meantime, just to kind of uh, cleanse the palate, if you know what I'm saying. Mm. So, was doing that. I was also resuming my playthrough of The Last of Us, which... Yeah, finally. I know, I, I have had so many people just egging me on to, to continue playing with it. And I'm still way in the beginning of the game, but just thought to myself, man, I, I have that and uncharted four that I have not beaten yet. So I'm thinking, okay, let me just sit down. And actually it worked out great because my Xbox controller needed to be charged. Anyways. I was like, all right, I'm busting out the PS4 controller and uh, busted, busted. And uh, so, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was cool to be able to, to look at that again. And, and I am not far along enough in the game To really make any kind of comments about it just because uh, people who have played through the game and they've beaten it, they just absolutely just lavish the title with praise. Just talking about how it's one of the best told stories and um, it's one of the best acted stories. Right. The, the gameplay mechanics themselves is, is really well done too. And so right now I'm just kind of getting used to who's who, like who the characters are, who wh- the character I'm playing as, you know, what, what his purpose and motivation is, that sort of thing. But I'm glad to be getting back into it. Cause again, I don't want these games to go by the wayside and never play them, especially ones as, as heavy hitting as those. What about you, Steve? I haven't played a whole lot of stuff, Russ.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm watching. I, uh, you know, Maybe I'll I'll sneak something from your pile of unplayed lonely titles. Sure. And uh,
0: <laughs> you know there was a title that you had asked to play, and I don't know if you borrowed it, but I don't remember what the name of that title. Maybe
1: it was Halo Five. Uh, yeah. Possibly. Maybe I I'll think it was Halo Five. Anyhow, Halo Five. Uh, I the only the only time I was playing really was when I came over here to 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 uh, twitch it up a bit for you, Leo. Uh huh. So. Other than that, so I did watch a couple
0: things. Oh, so you're doing more of the watching side. I
1: am. So I completed season one of The Things That Are Stranger. Russ? Congratulations, Better Late Than Never. Thank you. And so that was good. And I'm about to start season number two. Numero dos. So that that'll be interesting, and I'll catch up to you. I'm, I'll think I'll catch up pretty quick, Russ. I really want to
0: start showing you the Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> so, in terms of season one, without giving away spoilers, <laughs> because it's oh Ooh, my,
1: I had a little dust in that esophagus
0: Woo! there. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Um, it, without giving spoilers away, just because it is still a pretty new show, and I don't want to like you know have folks who haven't seen Stranger Things to just go ah oh, well, there's no point in watching it. What did you think of season one overall? Well, it's...
1: it's, it's it, I like it. I, it has this feeling of being a kid's show, but not a kid's show. Like, there's enough adult acting and, and humor and, and uh, whatnot going on that a lot of folks... Between the ages. Enjoyed, I think I do like all of the, the kids that are playing uh-huh. in there. I, I, I like all their little personalities, they're all very strong and they have a lot of chemistry all together. I, li- I think I like Dustin the best, even though
0: Dustin is yeah, very yeah, popular. Dustin's awesome,
1: yeah. Um, of course, he's he cusses like a sailor, especially towards the end of the <laughs> this season. I'm like, geez, kid. Uh, yeah, so, but we all
0: knew a Dustin back in our day, yeah,
1: no doubt. Who cussed like a sailor, too? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like the cop. I like the cop a lot. Uh-huh. He's cool. Um, I didn't think that the uh, the 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 being in the show should have been too bulletproof or too like hurt prone or, or not not hurt prone. Invulnerable, I like, believe well, is the well, word. Maybe invulnerable. I mean, or he too was tough. He was bleeding a lot, but you couldn't like kill the thing. And they were like, they were I don't doing a lot to that thing. I mean, good group. Mm. So eleven was awesome, also. Oh yeah, yeah. It's cool because I I I have this appreciation with with Netflix of introducing all these new actors and new talent that right. uh, you know Hollywood seems to kind of replay a lot of these uh, actors that people know, and that, that's fine and dandy and whatever. But mm-hmm. Netflix has a lot of these shows where they go, hey, there's a bunch talent, and we're gonna you know display them here and there and everywhere on these shows, and it's totally worth it too. These these people are great. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, my girlfriend and I had a, um, how should I put it, a uh, on an online movie watching date. I want, I, I guess I could call it a Skype date, but it's not a Skype date. Where she got on Netflix and Canada, and there she was able to stream uh, the movie Passengers which we are not able to stream here. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I got the DVD in the mail. Okay. You remember the movie, Passengers, Russ? <laughs> from- <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence, Chris Pratt?
0: I, yeah, actually, I took the
1: wife to the theater when that was out oh did you mm-hmm. really because you also forgot i was there too is that number oh. four or five that <laughs> uh that you forgot i was actually in the room my goodness i hope i you, didn't you were there I, I hope i didn't pay for my ticket of all these times that you that that you forgot i was there i hope you actually paid for me yeah that'd be the only way i could forgive you because uh, we saw it in Were IMAX. you again we had Who's that guy sitting so close to us? (laughs) Kind of following (laughs) us to the the car, too. Who's that guy? Uh, (laughs) Quick, grab the pepper spray. (laughs) Can I get a ride home
0: with you guys? (laughs) Ah, Don't leave me here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, my mind is so (laughs) shot when it comes to that. Gosh, I'm sorry. Why is he eating our popcorn?
1: (laughs) (laughs) He keeps talking to me. So I remember walking out of the theater with, with you and uh, your, uh, your wifey wife. Mm-hmm. And you guys thought the movie was okay. I, I like the movie. I, I like the movie. Okay. And so I, I got it again and I watched it with the girlfriend and she liked it. And then I actually showed it to her parents. Wow. And they liked it. So it, it's, I- you discovered a
0: trend here.
1: I think they did a great job in the movie, Russ. I really do. I think they didn't go overboard with, uh, with the space CGI, mm. uh, but they 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 spent a lot of time with the the beauty of, of space. And I liked Chris Pratt's and Jennifer Lawrence's characters that they were acting. They didn't try and and grandstand anywhere through the film. They just acted like normal people within the story. Oh sure. I liked the the the, the soundtrack, Russ. It was beautiful. You seem very moved by I, this. I, 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 I've seen it now like four times. I like it. Well, good, good for you. I like the movie, Rush. I think I'm it's happy good. for I think you. It could be a good date film, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyhow. Oh, by the way, by the for, any, for anybody who's a fan of Kimmel, not to be confused with Kibble, mm. but Kimmel, I don't watch a whole Are you doing Jimmy Kimmel of, Yeah, Yeah. I don't watch a whole lot of Kimmel, But he did have man crush Chris Pratt, fill in for him. He did. I saw that last night. And it was actually very, very entertaining. Mm -hmm. Like, he could do this on the norm. If he ever starts starts getting tired of Hollywood, he, like, owned it. He did. Yeah, he had a lot of fun, and uh, he interviewed Margot Robbie. Yeah. And uh, the whole episode was actually... I I don't want (laughs) to... Like I said, I don't watch a whole lot of Kimmel, but, I mean, if that was what the show was, I'd tune in, like, totally. So, anyway. Let's see. Did I watch anything else? (laughs) Yeah. Oh. One thing I noticed on Netflix rose. I haven't watched it yet, but now available to stream. Oh. Uh-huh. GOTJ2. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Really? They put it available to stream. So, I don't think Disney's I don't know what Disney's removing off Netflix or if that whole thing has happened yet cuz uh that's- Disney's
0: head is constantly on the yeah. swivel. You never know what they're going to do next. Uh, on a bobblehead. <laughs> 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 What are we going to do now? Huh? Yeah. You want to play that? No, you can't. No, maybe you can
1: I love all this power and responsibility. Well, I'm not
0: sure what he will.
1: Who put this mouse in charge? <laughs> Pay
0: that thing too much. I never know if I'm supposed to play something or not. First they give it to us, then they take it away, and they <laughs> give it to us again.
1: I just want a paycheck. So, uh, let's see it. Oh. And then I watched Citizen Four. Citizen Quattro. I see. I, I was on the Snowden binge, and so I decided to watch the actual documentary. Uh-huh. And that's very eye-opening. Very interesting. Uh, nobody knows who Snowden is. Take a little look at that. Me, uh, nice. Find out some factoids. Very interesting. Huh. So short and sweet, just like me. That's all I, uh, I watched, Russ.
0: Well, let's segue into the SNES... The topic of the day! No, I'm just kidding. Classic. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Get ahead of yourself <laughs> there. Now, let's talk about the SNES Classic giveaway. So the last episode, we had to do a redraw uh, because the first redraw. person who was the winner never came forward to claim their prize. And so... Um, this past week, we were waiting for the second person, and uh, that person also never came forward. So we are now going to redraw for a third time. Hopefully, third time is the charm. And I believe Steve has the <coughs> honor of seeing who it is that won. Take it away, Steve. Okay, oh, I drew uh, Polly. Oh man, my eardrums. <laughs> Did that distort a little bit? there, wrote <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I just wanted to grab people's attention.
1: Yeah, I just want to get some attention. You know, and make sure people know that Polly, P-A-W-L-W, Polly, Twitter handle <aired blossoms> at s r w one six eight. So Polly, get in touch with us. Send us your uh, your your information where you want this uh, bad boy sent to. And what exactly did he win, Steve? I'm, I'm getting to that, Russ. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting to that, Russ. I'm excited. I'm over here with bated breath. First things first, we need to know contact information. We need to know- That's very true. YouTube handle. Very true. You know what I'm saying? And How, why, why exactly you know, do we need you know, the YouTube you, handle? When you do house cleaning, I never interrupted you, Russ. And we're doing some house cleaning here. I'm just doing a little bit of dust and and, and, and you're wanting to hurt me up.
0: I am so sorry, Steve. Please continue. <sighs> What did you ask me? Uh, sorry, I I not I was there. simply curious why it is that we have to check the YouTube handle. Well, Russ, it's the
1: uh, the it, it's 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 the uh, the rules of the contest,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we have uh, some stuff put in place. Uh, we can't you know, send we can't be sending stuff all over the world just for no reason. Rose. And what
0: exactly were those rules, Steve?
1: Uh, they have to retweet us on uh, Twitter Mm -hmm.
0: and they have to uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very well. And they have to follow us on Twitter as well. Indeed. (laughs) So basically what I'm gathering is we need to have him or her contact us and provide us with their YouTube handle so that way we can cross-reference it, make sure that they do in fact qualify and satisfy all three rules for the giveaway and once we are able to confirm that then what? Then
1: we can uh, mail them
0: their uh, Super Nintendo Classic with their wireless controller. Their SNES. Very nice. And we decided that we're going to actually extend the time. In the past, we've been giving about 48 to 72 hours. But seeing as how um, it's just tough during the holidays because everybody's busy, everybody's you know Christmas shopping or visiting family or friends, and the fact that you probably have a lot of other podcasts that you're listening to as well. We want to be able to extend that a little bit further. So we're just going to give you uh, just the the week. You know, you'll you'll have the week before the, the next podcast drops to get back to us. You know what? This so re- please do, because it is free.
1: Indeed. You know what this reminds me of, though, Ross? Remember the first episode of Invader Zim?
0: I remember it vaguely but fondly. The... <laughs>
1: The the like the guardian kind of in charge uh, aliens uh-huh. are making the smaller uh, you know peasant aliens choose prizes on on what island or uh, islands uh, planets they were going to inhabit and uh, so this one guy, <laughs> what do you choose oh you get a sandwich there you go yeah okay, yeah, go. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well like someone or there was another prize he was like who wants this one and someone said me and he like throws it and he goes ah. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: didn't have it the planet of Zork or whatever that was yeah. with the, the man eating <laughs> whatever rats or whatever that was.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was that was that was a, a beloved show. Good show. Ended too soon. OK, so yeah. let us dive in to our topic of the day here, which is the um, what's video what's game like? okay. awards mm-hmm. of 2017. Okay. Yeah. Now, I did not know. That we even had a video game awards ceremony. For those of you who are unaware of this, as I was, there is a a show that is very much in line with like the the Grammys or the Oscars, but it's all centered around video games, and it's just simply called the Game Awards. Video juegos. That's right. So what you can do is go to thegameawards.com and they have all of the information there. But. Apparently, it's only been around for the last, I would say, three years. So it's still very new, and it was created by Jeff Keeley, who um, I've I've seen his face around from time to time. He he's done some work uh, with Entertainment Weekly and Spike TV and G4 YouTube, that sort of thing. But anyway, he has kind of spearheaded this thing, to my understanding, and. I was watching through it and I got to say, like, I mean, you could tell it's not as polished or refined as say the Grammys or American music awards or that sort of thing, but it's, it's approaching that. And it makes me very excited just because this is a, I would say an, an overlooked aspect to the world of gaming. And I think that, that it, it as a interactive media, as an art form, it definitely is deserving of um an award ceremony like this. So it was really cool. They they had the most recent one, I think this past Thursday. And it's crazy. I mean, like, like they have like the trophies that they they hand out are are pretty sweet looking. It was um I don't know if you know this, Steve, but the trophies themselves are designed by Weta Workshop. It's Peter Jackson's ah, company. Sweet. Yeah, um, So, and, and then they also have an advisory board that consists of people who are like CEOs of Activision, of AMD. Uh, you have uh, folks like Phil Spencer from Microsoft. There's um, Reggie from Nintendo, the Rockstar Games. You have Sony involved, EA, of course, Kojima. You have, you have uh, Hideo Kojima, who's on the advisory board, Ubisoft, Valve, WB Games. I mean, it, it is legit in terms of just kind of the, the foundation of how this whole thing is, uh, is making itself known. <clears throat> and so in terms of how the, the voting works, and again, this is something that, that I'm, I'm just thinking, am I'm, it's to my best knowledge. I believe it is similar to that of like MTV's people choice awards, um, where it's more of the fans. The fans are the ones who actually vote on the different contenders for each category. And so it's pretty cool because you have, um, I don't know, in a way you can see what kind of the pulse is of the gaming community. Because traditionally speaking, we would always, as gamers, be relied on just going to different places like Kotaku or IGN or Polygon. You know, different types of uh, journalistic video game websites or magazines that would have their own version of what they think game of the year is or best uh, sound in a game or, you know, just all the different types of awards. And so then it would really shape a lot of the gaming community's conscience towards uh, or really consciousness of just who's successful and who's not as successful that's a lot of power. I mean, if you stop to think about it, those different um, outlets, I mean, that that is um, a tremendous amount of influence that they can have over the success or failure of any given title. And especially when it comes to that, um, you know, that, that really translates into dollars as well because it pushes people's um, expectations of just which systems have the best games and so on and so forth. So I, you know, needless to say, I did not vote. I had no idea um, about this until just this past week. Uh, I I believe Steve probably did not uh, do any kind of voting either. No, no. Um, but having said that, we will both be involved with it next year because this is actually a really a fun thing. And what was nice too is that it's not limited to just focusing on the different games that have come out during the year. They're also making it a point to include different types of influencers within the gaming sphere. So like, like they had some, some awards for, um, more, some of the, the popular YouTube or, or Twitch gamers. So, like, um, there was this one guy, Dr. Disrespect, who really... I I've heard of him, yeah. Yeah, um, he, he really won big, um, not only with this particular ceremony, but I think there was another one, too, that's kind of similar. So anyway... Uh, congrats to him for for being able to to get up there and, and, and build awareness of just who he is and and just the the channel that he's been building his brand off as a result. It's pretty cool they recognize
1: the Twitch uh, folks because though I've looked into that. There some of these folks who are on Twitch they are doing it all day, all long. day long, and everyone who goes to work on on a regular basis, like, yeah, you have eight to nine hours. Well, you're, I mean, and someone might think, well, you're playing a video game, but still you got to sit there right. inside. You can't move. You have to like constantly look back and forth to, to greet people who are entering your show. Right. And it takes a lot of attention. And at some point you do need a break.
0: You do. I mean, it, part of it is a lot of work. It is. Yeah, no, it, it's it takes dedication, that's for sure. The other thing, too, about the, the um, video game award ceremony is that they also have awards for folks who work in the gaming industry as journalists. So people who work at IGN or Polygon or Kotaku or GameSpot or whatever. Like, um, the, the thing that actually piqued my interest a bit more is that it's also not limited to those larger outfits, but also, to just people who have certain influences within the gaming industry. People who do podcasts, for example, get nominated for certain awards and that sort of thing. And so it's, I I really like the direction that they're headed with this. And I was also doing some reading about how they've included like two or three additional categories this year. And so it just, I don't know, to me, it it, it comes across as being a really dynamic show. And I think it's it's, it's exciting to be able to have a platform like this, where we can take a moment to just congratulate and and celebrate not only the the different developers who've come out with these amazing titles, you know, within in, any given year, but we're also taking time to recognize people within the gaming community, mm-hmm. whether they're just gamers or they're journalists or what have you. It's just kind of like this all inclusiveness that I really dig. I think we'll be nominated one year, Russ. I think we will. Yeah. That that would be pretty sweet. I, I I know we're we're small right now, but uh, humble, humble. We're we we have ambitions. We do. So we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. But I think I for one look forward to being able to participate more and more into different types of events like this, be able to get to know some of the other folks uh, who have been able to to really push themselves and as as a result build up their brand, build up their notoriety, and just you know if for nothing else like their method of having fun is contagious and so they're being able to stand up and be recognized for it. I think that's really cool so there are an absolute ton of different categories that I would like to try and get through with you and uh, ideally what I I'd like to do is just just you know talk about each category um, talk about the different titles that were in there um, whether they won versus, um, You know, just just, um, having different runners-up. And what I I can tell you right off the bat is that there are several titles that I don't think either one of us have played, and because of the fact that they were nominated, we've got a lot of playing to do, son. I don't doubt it, Red. So to kick things off here, Game of the Year. Um, The Game of the Year, according to the Game Awards here, uh, was The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, (sighs) smells wild Uh, smells like something smells like salmon (laughs) (laughs) anyway this is a game actually what's really funny I popped that game into my switch and uh, (laughs) I just barely just started playing it but um, that's besides the point anyway I knew you couldn't get away from those bows and arrows I I know I I am loving it. I'm telling you 2017 is the year of the bow and arrow as it uh, applies to video games (laughs) ouch uh, the runners up for Game of the Year were Super Mario Odyssey, and that and that, that came in as number two. Hmm. You had Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, which is that PUBG game. It's the one that um, it's like this first person shooter that neither one of us have played, but it's just it's hugely popular right now. Hmm. Um, you also have Persona Five, which I think was for PS4, and I believe it may have been an RPG. And then um, to round things out, you had Horizon Zero Dawn. So I am familiar with four out of the five titles on there. And I think it's very interesting that Nintendo actually got top honors, not only for for the actual winner uh, of Game of the Year, but also the, the next runner-up right there with Mario Odyssey. I am a little uh, bummed, though, that Horizon Zero Dawn wasn't up there. Just and, But again, it's a little... Unfair of me to say that just because I have not played through The Legend of Zelda, and which I need to do. It's just that Horizon was one I played th- through, and it's one of my favorite games this year. Did you have anything to add to that, Steve? No, I do not. Okay. So going on to the next category, they had Best Game Direction. Once again, Legend of Zelda won that one. Uh, the runners-up were Wolfenstein 2. Wolfenstein! Re- Resident Evil 7, Biohazard. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey was in there again. So was Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, so best game direction, legend of Zelda. Uh, the next category after that was best narrative. And this was interesting. Like even the categories themselves, I like just the, the different types of, of categories that they've come up with for this, this ceremony. There is a game called what remains of Edith Finch. And I have never heard of this game at all. Have you heard of it?
1: Yes, but I haven't seen it.
0: Okay. Well, it won best narrative. You have, um, Near Automata, which actually is a game that I want to pick up. That looks really, really cool. And it was designed and developed by uh, Platinum Games and published by Square Enix. And I think it's only for PS4. I mean, I need to to get that. But anyway, you have that one. You had Hellblade. That was another game that I'm currently playing through. It was a runner-up. You had Wolfenstein 2 and Horizon Zero Dawn. So actually, when it comes to best narrative... I have played three out of the five titles that made it up to the top. Mm. Good for you,
1: Ross. Good for
0: you. Best art direction. Who do you think won best art direction, Steve?
1: Mm. Mm. Hellblade.
0: No. (laughs) Actually, in fact, Hellblade wasn't even a runner-up. Oh, my bad. Let me guess. Mario Odyssey. Nope. Or Horizon Zero Dawn. Nope. Or Zelda. Nope. Wolfenstein. Nope. This is actually pretty fun. Hmm. <laughs> the winner of best art direction. South Park. No. Okay. Cuphead.
1: Ah, uh, yes! Yeah. That one deserves it. Uh, uh, that one's got, that. that's perfect. Why didn't I think of freaking Cuphead? Good grief. <laughs>
0: Yep, Cuphead won Best Art Direction, and then the runners-up were uh, Destiny 2. Destiny 2. You did have The Legend of Zelda. Uh, Persona see, oh, f- ah, okay,
1: I'm, that's
0: close. Persona okay. 5 again, oh, okay. and Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, I forgot Persona.
1: But I, see, I mentioned Horizon also. Okay, so I'm, I was partly there.
0: Uh-huh, but I, I just got kicked out of it just because that is a game that you and I love to play, and we get so irritated with. But we've always loved oh, the art yeah. direction of that game. Yeah. Seriously, one of the most unique. Okay. So next category is best score slash music for outstanding music, inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack.
1: Could also be Cuphead because that guy's got guys great music in it too.
0: It did have great music um, and it was a runner up, ah. um, but near Automata actually, once again, that, that uh, RPG. And I, I apologize if I'm not pronouncing it correctly, but Automata. Yeah. <laughs> they they were the winner for uh, Best Score music. Destiny 2 was in there. Destiny 2 actually had some some pretty good stuff in there, if I recall correctly, although there wasn't enough of it. I think that the Mm. stuff they did have was good, but I felt like it was a little bare bones. Mm. Of course, Legend of Zelda, Super Mario Odyssey, Persona 5 were all um, in there as well for Best Score slash music. I'm trying to think of other titles. You know, I'm actually surprised that... Horizon Zero Dawn what, didn't make it into the the final running because they actually had a lot of uh, good music in there. Can you think of any games that you've played this year that warrant a bit of uh, a all nod?
1: The, all the games that I've been playing are like from 2016. So, <laughs> Still, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, let's see here. The, the Witcher. The Witcher's great music. Oh, Ross, I'm telling you what. Yeah.
0: <laughs> actually, I think I won an award last year too. I won quite a bit. Best audio design. So this is recognizing the best in game audio and sound design. Uh, The winner was Hellblade, And I got to say, I totally agree because of the fact that she has all those voices talking to her and it's in surround sound and it creeps you out. And I know you really haven't seen too much of that game. I saw enough. I uh, man, (laughs) the sound design in that game is, is top notch. It's really, really good. The, uh, the folks that were runner ups were um, runners up. Uh, Destiny 2, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard, Legend of Zelda, Super Mario Odyssey. So you're seeing a lot of the the same type of titles that are making it within uh, the, the, the final five here. Now, this is a cool category. Best performance awarded to an individual for voiceover acting, motion, and or performance capture. So we're getting into more of... The development side of things, as to um, who actually had the best performance when it comes to creating a, a character using like mocap technology. The uh, and actually that winner is um, Melina. Oh man, I'm gonna. There's always one name that I you're know, Melina Wiggins. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with that. I apologize if I didn't say it correctly, but anyway, she played um, in Hellblade. She was the main character as uh, Sanua. Um, so that was really cool. He had runners up, um, who was, who consisted of Nadine Ross. Um, uh, she was Laura Bailey from uncharted, the lost legacy. That was that new uncharted title that came out this year. Um, uh, you also had Claudia black from uncharted, the lost legacy as well. She played Shlow Fraser. Um, ooh, this was a big one. Uh, Brian Bloom from Wolfenstein too. He played BJ Blaskowitz. You know, I thought that his uh voice is one of my favorites I I have had in recent memory. I must say, I, I really like just hearing him say his lines. Oh, talk to me. <laughs> I need your wings. Would would you need to have more of a Texas drawl? I need your wings. There there you go. That's better. <laughs> Um, and of course, Ashley Birch from Horizon Zero Dawn as Aloy. I really did like a lot of, of her voice acting in that as well. So a lot of uh, this. These are the type of categories where I start to really get into be, just because these are the folks who really bring these, these characters to life. Games for impact. So this is for a thought-provoking game with a profound pro-social meaning or message. Pretty, pretty deep Category. I would here. say yeah. so, Russ. Now, this one actually has, um, or I should say, had past tense, six different titles that were in the running. Um, the winner was Hellblade, and I think once again, just because I've played that game, it's like, yeah, that's <laughs> this. This fits perfectly within that. But they also had Please Knock on My Door. They had Night in the Woods. Life is Strange before the Storm. Bury Me, My Love, What Remains of Edith Finch, all of which I have not heard of until I was going through this. And again, I think that that's another positive when it comes to the Game Awards is the fact that it brings to the forefront certain games I didn't know existed. It helps to build awareness for these other titles. Just like we like to do here on Joygasm Rose. Yeah. Build awareness. Okay, another really cool category. It's called Best Ongoing Game. So the, the the idea behind it is that it's awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. So, so like so, DLC. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or, or yeah, it's it's basically like like um any kind of game that that it's it's not like like the game comes out and it's done and then you have kind of this this bell curve where you have this ramping up period of popularity and then it drops off. It's like it's a game that is like able, Overwatch. Exactly. There you go. And they
1: won. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. So, well, I mean, well, I mean, they've had a ton of great content coming out throughout the year. We talked oh, yeah. quite a bit
0: about it. So, well, and I think it's a new trend that ultimately is happening within um, the gaming industry. Right? Is like, there, you have a lot of the, these top publishers and developers who are in this new area of like, okay, we don't want to just drop a title and have that be it, and then just let it die off, and then work on the next title. Like, how can we? Elongate or how, how can we um, increase the longevity of people playing this title over multiple years? And I think it's, it's great. I think that um, you're absolutely right that Blizzard has done a masterful job of just keeping their gamers engaged with Overwatch and just ultimately happy with just the sheer amount of content that they've pumped out, whether it's for a, a holiday or there's some sort of event going on. So uh, there were some others that were runners-up. That included Warframe, which i once again never heard of. Warframe, uh, there was Rainbow Six Siege, uh, Grand Theft Auto Online mm-hmm. that was a big one. I no doubt it. You also had Destiny 2, which honestly, Destiny 2, they're really to my knowledge. I mean, they, they've come out with like one or two, yeah. Kind of DLC right. expansion pack kind of stuff, but it's it's not on the same level. No,
1: I would say Grand Theft Auto is way on the level. I mean, I think they they've had for sure two, if not three. I think they have this. They're on their third one now. I yeah. think.
0: Yeah. Oh, and the other thing too. Did we ever talk about the amount of money that I think we have? We that did. GTA has made, yeah. and, it, and it's a direct result of the fact that they've just been so supportive of that game. just the community itself. Yeah. And of course, Player Un- Unknowns Battlegrounds uh, rounds that out. I would would have thought that GTA would have been neck and neck with Overwatch just because they have such a dedicated fan base. Right. Maybe they were. Maybe it was a hard decision. Maybe, maybe.
1: maybe, maybe somebody had to pay someone else off for us.
0: <laughs> are you telling me the awards are political? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, best mobile game. Bit Heroes? No. There oh. are no... Bit heroes to be found. But anyway, for the best game playable on a dedicated mobile device, it goes to Monument Valley 2. You also have Fire Emblem Heroes Super Mario Run, which I actually have played, uh, Old Man's Journey, and Hidden Folks rounding that category out. Best Handheld Game for the Best Game Playable on a Dedicated Portable Gaming System. Winner goes to Metroid Samus Returns.
1: Metroid.
0: There is also Poochie and Yoshi's Wooly World, Monster Hunter Stories, Ever Oasis, and Fire Emblem Echoes Shadow of Valencia. So, yeah, I really haven't been playing a whole lot of the old handheld market. I've been kind of out of that for a while. Um, the next category is best VR game. Uh, the winner goes to Resident Evil Seven: Biohazard. They also have Super Hot VR and Star Trek: Bridge Crew, as well as Lone Echo and Farpoint, all of which I have, I've heard of Super Hot, but I have not. Well, yeah, I heard about Star Trek: Bridge Crew too. Okay. I still think you need to play Resident Evil Seven.
1: Maybe we should uh, throw that in there instead of Evil Within Two.
0: Sure. Maybe perhaps. It's whatever you want to do, Steve. <clears throat> so let's see here. Uh, best action game went to Wolfenstein 2. Alright. Alright. Definitely a great game. Uh, Prey Neo uh, Destiny 2 and Cuphead rounded out. Best action game. But I'm glad it went to Wolfenstein 2. I I, I give that a, An a thumbs plus. Up. Ah, yeah, there you go. Let's see. Best action adventure game, Legend of Zelda, winner. You also had Uncharted, The Lost Legacy, Assassin's Creed Origins, Mario Odyssey, and Horizon Zero Dawn, rounding out the best action slash adventure game category. Uh, Best role-playing game was Persona 5. Um, (laughs) South Park, The Fractured But Whole was actually uh, a runner-up. Cool. Uh, You also had Final Fantasy XV, Divinity Original Sin 2, and Nier Automata, rounding that out. So pretty interesting grouping of role-playing games this year, RPGs. Best fighting game, Tekken Seven. No, that was a runner-up. Oh. Who do you think won the best fighting games?
1: Dude? Um, and Two.
0: You are correct, indeed. Which I, I gotta say, I'm pretty happy about. Good for you, Russ. Uh huh. That game, uh, it's one of the best fighting games I played in years. You said that plenty of times. All oh, that, that game. 2.
1: Oh, that game. Ah. Uh. Uh-
0: <laughs> Well, in addition to Tekken 7, you also had uh, Nidhogg 2. You had Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite and ARMS rounding that category out. Best family game goes to Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, The other titles rounding that one was Splatoon 2, Sonic Mania, Mario and Rabbids, Mario Kart 8. My gosh, how many Mario games is in this? You can tell. I mean, it's so funny. Like, Mario is such a family game. I mean, look at this. There were three titles out of the five that (laughs) were in best family game. And of course, Splatoon 2 is another Nintendo title. That is funny. Sonic Mania was like the one title that wasn't, I think, developed by uh, Nintendo. That's a Sega title. But at, at the same time, you know, Sonic Mania, I think, is probably available on the Switch anyway. Best strategy game once again Mario man you see you're seeing this thing happening Nintendo is really just uh, making out like a bandit at this award ceremony. Um, let's see for best strategy game the runners up were XCOM Two, Tooth and Tail, Total War Warhammer Two, and Halo Wars Two. Out of all those titles, I only played Halo Wars Two. Uh, best sports racing game. Who do you think won that? Can't be Forza because uh, well I guess it could be Forza Seven. You are correct. Uh-huh. uh Let's see. They beat out Project Cars 2, Pro Evolution Soccer 2018, NBA 2K18, GT Sport, and FIFA 18. FIFA. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> oh, nice. Right all over the computer.
1: <laughs> Woo! <sighs> remember when I was... Slinging I uh FIFA would come out and tons of people would come in and buy FIFA. Pretty popular game. And a good music, too. Sometimes the demo would come on the Xbox uh, uh, little station they had going on. And I was like, yeah, play that music. Turn it up. I need some of that. <laughs> I
0: personally love the song Sweat that came out several years ago for I FIFA. I just like to sweat. That's all. You just... <laughs> Helps get the pores open. Yeah. So moving right along, best multiplayer. Um, this is for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre. This is pretty interesting, too. This um, had Player Unknown's Battleground be the big winner. You had Fortnite, Call of Duty, World War II, Splatoon two, Mario Kart eight, and Destiny two as the runners up. So when I hear a Splatoon, I just think of
1: Spittoon, and I think of that scene out of Back to the Future three where uh, Michael J. Fox is doing the Michael Jackson's moonwalk ah, in front yes. of uh, Biff Tannen back in the you know, and he he spins and jumps and, and uh, <laughs> flings this Spittoon of of tobacco people's spit <laughs> right into his chest. That's what uh-huh. I, I think of that scene every time you say
0: Splatoon. I could see it. I could see it. Indeed. So the next category is most anticipated game, which I think is actually really cool. It's awarded to an upcoming game that has shown significant ambition and promise. The title must be announced and scheduled for release after December 7th of 2017. So it's based on all the different coming soon trailers that you see, like which game looks the most promising. I mean, that's a cool category, right? I would say so. So who do you think won that one? Uh, what about Metro? Nope. They're not even in the uh, the top oh, five. Uh, Anthem. No, actually. Ah,
1: okay. Uh, Cyberpunk. Nope. <sighs> Ross. Let me think here.
0: Uh, I don't know. The Last of Us Part II. Ah, Of course. Yeah. Of course. That one was the winner. Then also the runners up. You're going to kill yourself. Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, God. oh that.
1: Okay, yeah. Yeah.
0: You had Monster Hunter World. I'm
1: not going to kill myself with that one, guys. Uh
0: How about Marvel's Spider-Man by Insomniac Games? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And God of War. True, yes. Yeah, there, there, there were a lot of heavy hitters in terms of that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, e- any one of those, I'm like, yeah, I'd be totally fine if they won. Okay, who do you think won best independent game?
1: oh uh no I was too late for that I was gonna
0: say what was that one game you played
1: uh this time last year inside inside but that's 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 last year, bro. That's
0: last year. <clears throat> uh, I'm gonna see if you get this Steve unraveled no that that, that game came out a <laughs> while ago uh
1: oh what about what's, what's that
0: game fire starter uh, fire watch I fire watch about. no Steve okay that came out uh last year Steve. <laughs> I'm so 2016. Yeah, you are. You're you're way behind. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a hint. You've played it. And <laughs> an independent title? Best independent games, to you. For outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. Cuphead? Very good. Cuphead, and then um, Pyre was next, which is a game I did buy. I um, I've just started playing it, but I've yet to really get into it. Liar! I'm just kidding. There was uh, Night in the <laughs> Woods, What Remains of Edith Finch again, and Hellblade. So I feel pretty good. I have three out of the five. Uh, so yeah, you devoted uh, 15 minutes to those uh, three games. Good, yeah. good,
1: good job. Yeah, 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 yeah I feel yeah. pretty good
0: about that. At least, at least I have some sort of exposure to them. <laughs> okay, so this is a cool one. This is Trending Gamer. Um, and this is what I, I talked about early on about how um, Dr. Disrespect won. Mm-hmm. And this is really cool. It's, it's um, the category is called Trending Gamer. It's for a streamer, influencer, or media member who has made an important impact on the industry this calendar year. And so you have um, Able Gamers, Shroud, half coordinated that's cool and uh what's good games who actually Andrea Renee she runs the what's good games podcast along with uh, some of the other ladies that um I think there's like four or five of them um, real fun podcasts so really cool that that she was nominated on here and um yeah congratulations to dr disrespect for getting the the, the winning vote on that one we also have best eSports games Steve who do you think won best eSports FIFA no. no okay. They're not even in the top five. John Madden. No. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you do realize <laughs> that it doesn't have to be a sports <laughs> game for eSports. <laughs> NHL hockey. No. That's uh, Once again, I'm giving you a hint, Steve. And you're not taking the hint. It doesn't have to be a sports game. Forza? No. Mm oh come on i just wanted you to draw that out yeah, uh-huh. yeah
1: yeah yeah i was gonna start chiming in with you uh what is it steve uh, very very good okay
0: okay <laughs> So, yeah, Overwatch did win best esports game. Um, they had some, actually, a lot <laughs> of heavy hitters for this category. You had Rocket League, which is super fun. You had Le- um, League of Legends, another super fun game. Legends of uh, Legends. Dota 2 Dota. and Counter Strike Global Offensive. That one's still, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, let's uh, see. They also had best esports player.
1: Russ, you know, I had something dawned on me as opposed to uh, sunset it on you? Yeah. Uh, something in Horizon uh, dawned on me. Uh, you never played the Topic of the Day music.
0: That's true. It's because there are a lot of categories to get through, Steve, and I want to make sure we hit okay. as many as possible. I'm just saying. I'm paying attention. I'm proud of you, Steve. Here, here's your uh, cookie. Thank you. So let's see. Let's keep going down here. Oh, what? so what do you think the best debut for an indie game went to? It's recognizing a new independent studio that released its first game in 2017. on, Very good. Yeah, uh-huh. You're getting on to this. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm picking up what you're throwing down. Studio MDHR. Yeah, you smell it? I'm stepping in. Yeah. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> uh, I so have, yeah. I wouldn't have smelled it if you didn't step in it. <laughs> <laughs> a big congratulation something or other. I think what I'm trying to go for is a big congratulations and salutations to, <laughs> to Studio MDHR. Seriously, one of my favorite games of the year. Awesome work, guys and girls. Uh, let's see. You had Slime Rancher, Mr. Shifty, Hollow Knight, and Golf Story round out the, uh, the round. The man, I cannot talk. Rounded the, out the Knights of the Round Table. Ra- <laughs> <laughs> rounded out the runners up for best debut indie game. So let's see here. Now this is interesting. They have a category called Best Chinese Game. What? And th- this is a fan-voted award to recognize the most popular game in China. All right. Uh, let's see. The winner was JX3HD. How do you pronounce that, Russ? That's that's literally that, that's what it's it, what it is. JX3HD. It's by Kingsoft Corporation. Uh, let's see. You also had Monument Valley Two. You had Gumballs. Icy. And King of Glory, um, Monument Valley 2 was by US, uh, it's like Ustwo, I think it is. Gumball was uh, QC Play Limited, and Icy was by Phantom Blade Network. King of Glory was by Timmy Studio Group. So those were the runners up for that. But that's interesting. You could see how, like, China's really starting to get into the game. No pun intended. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, overall, um, a lot of really cool categories. I, I, for one, am going to be looking forward to watching this year after year. And I, I'm sure the production values will continue to increase um, as the, the show gains more notoriety, as they're able to, to build awareness of what it is that they're doing. One of the observations I have for this is the fact yeah. that Microsoft was basically nowhere to be found in this. Do you realize this? I mean with the exception of Forza 7, there really like was not any other type of opportunity or or game that Wake up won't.
1: Microsoft smacked to the face.
0: Well, I think I think it goes into um, the dialogue that we were having after this year's E3 Microsoft press conference about just, okay, are they truly engaged? Are they plugged in the way they've been in the past? Or are they starting to kind of go off the rails and go down some rabbit hole that they shouldn't be doing? Because if you think about it, Nintendo was like the the big winner of the night. They they went home with the most amount of um, awards, which is saying something considering the fact that like, You know, Nintendo, before the Switch came out, their last system was the Wii U, which was just this, let's just face it, it was a crappy system. It was not very good. And a lot of people were wondering if Nintendo was going to bow out of the hardware business as a result and become maybe a software-only publisher or something to that effect. And Nintendo really has been this this big turnaround story in terms of the the Nintendo Switch coming out as um, just a really cool console that has been able to get into the collective psyche of the gamers where it's like it's kind of the quote unquote other system that you own. And that means, I mean, and you know this, it means a lot because if you have people who are in the Sony camp or they're in the the Xbox camp, it's very um, seldom that you see people who own both systems and who just... Enjoy playing both. I mean, they're usually very much loyal to their respective platform, but the Nintendo Switch has always been the system that people were like, Well, I actually have a Switch too. That's fun to play. And that's I mean, that's quite an achievement for a company to be able to like position themselves as that. True. Not only was the system a big success, but then um, you have the Legend of Zelda that came out that like blew everybody away, got a perfect 10 from a lot of different places like IGN. Um, and Kutaku that sort of thing. Um, and then later on the same year you also had Mario Odyssey come out also got a perfect 10 and people are just like, whoa, what is this? And then you know they had smaller titles like Splatoon 2, which also was a lot of fun and Mario Kart, that sort of thing. So I think as the game awards begins to to gain traction and more and more people are taking them seriously and that sort of thing, I I would think it would behoove, these different companies to actually start putting some effort into whether it's, it's um, playing brand new trailers that are world premieres or they're pushing to like trying and um, make games on a, um, a type of schedule that coincides with getting more of their titles to, you know, be considered. But I mean, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I saw, some, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Why don't you ask me a question when I have th- Flim in my throat, Russ. Yeah, what do you think of that? Uh, so, one one thing that keeps echoing in my brain here, Russ, is that with the uh, Switch, there's not a whole lot of games coming out. But the games that are out for it are really, really good. mm mm-hmm. Which kind of goes to show they're going for
0: maybe the quality over quantity approach. And that's something that Nintendo... That, that Tonin... Yeah, <laughs> that's something that Nintendo has been doing now for multiple console generations, starting with the Wii. They, they have gone from really having this waterfall of games to more of a trickle, but by doing that, every time or most times that they have a game that is released is really high quality. Continue, Steve. Anyway,
1: uh, yeah, thanks. So back to one of your other points, uh, Rush, about uh, having the, the Switch be... The reserve system. I think it might be a good play with uh, with Nintendo because, as you said, you either are a PlayStation guy or you're a Microsoft guy, but you're rarely both. You know, you rarely both play uh, both sides of the field, or you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But you can buy the Xbox, you can buy the PlayStation, and then the Switch can be like your reserve. Well, it's not I wouldn't even you say know? it's the reserve. It's
0: more it's more of the other system. Well, it's it's the reserve. Well, no, the reserve or the word reserve means like well, in the event that my <laughs> PlayStation or Xbox doesn't work, and <laughs> then I'll play it. Like, no, they're gonna play this <laughs> system.
1: But it's not like that in in the on the main stage. I mean, there's the, the 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 yes, the games have these games have been winning awards, which is awesome. But like a lot of your multiplayer AAA titles are gonna be like Microsoft PlayStation, You know, it's not gonna be Zelda and friggin' Mario.
0: Well, that's the thing is that what? these games that have come out this year, they yeah. are AAA titles. They are heavy hitting, and people who have, like, for instance, I'll give you an idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, Rose. just even in uh, my office alone, there have been three different people who have decided to pick up a Nintendo Switch just within the past like three months mm-hmm. because of Mario Odyssey and The Legend of Zelda coming out in the same year, and, and just all the rave reviews and that sort of thing. That's a big deal because the system itself, I believe, it costs like three hundred fifty to four hundred bucks. And that's not counting a game. That's just that's just the system itself. So if you if you figure, but those aren't those aren't multiplayer games though. No, they're not multiplayer. That's what I'm
1: saying. That's what I'm saying. It's AAA multiplayer games. Once you're done with those, you want to give them a rest. You're gonna go play your Switch.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Or
1: or if you complete these huge you know sagas and you just want to you know play something lighthearted, you're gonna play with Yoshi for crying out
0: loud. Well, I mean, the, the, that's one of the big things about Legend of Zelda mm. is that apparently it's like a 100-hour-plus game. I mean, it's a very much involved action RPG.
1: There you go.
0: So I think that overall, I think that it's it's been a wonderful positioning that Nintendo has been able to do for itself mm. in terms of having the gamers be open to buying their system, buying their games, as opposed to being walled off, Mm. which is what typically a lot of these these gamers do, that they're just loyal to, like, one system, and that's it.
1: You made another point about the trailers launching on this platform, Russ. Uh Uh-huh. And even though I'm, you know, cool with it, I'm at the same time, I think it's maybe not the right time, you know? I mean, the trailers are like more of a E3 sort of dealio, not like uh, games that we're celebrating this year,
0: you know? Well, I don't know if I agree. I think that, traditionally speaking, we've been conditioned as gamers to expect all the trailers and all the announcements to Mm -hmm. be uh, during the whole E3 -hmm. press briefings and stuff. And I think what we're seeing is an opportunity to be able to expand beyond just E3 and have additional announcements be made simply because the industry itself has gotten larger and larger. I mean, we talk all the time about how we're in this golden age of gaming where there are so many titles that are coming mm-hmm. out for each system mm-hmm. and I I mean, I know for myself, like I definitely want to be able to play each and every one of them, and finding the time to be able good to go through. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, there are just so many, and those are the ones that are coming out. Those are the ones that are launched.
1: It's wishful thinking. Russell.
0: So when I think of like the upcoming games, mm-hmm. the games that are on the horizon, Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as opposed to the Forza, which is has no Zero Dawn. Has a horizon. No. Has, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Constant. When I think of of all the upcoming games, it's just amazing. Like like when I just oh. thinking about E three for instance. Okay, like, I'm thinking. Sony had a lot of games that they have previewed that are you know they're not coming out this year. Okay. They have some that are going to be coming out next year, right. and then some that are coming out the year after oh, that. Man. So looking at as think of it as almost like a a progress report, if you will. I'm thinking about you know. You can use a ceremony like like the video game awards ceremony to be able to like push like, hey, you know, this is yeah, roughly six months later after E three, six months is you know that's a chunk mm-hmm. of time. Yeah. So now you can actually showcase a bit more of whatever it is that maybe you, maybe you gave like a sneak peek at E three. Mm. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, you know, okay, now now that you have a little taste of it, six months later, I mean, it's no different than like movies. Like when you have movie trailers coming out, they have Ah. a TV trailer, and then you have like an official trailer come out a few months later. Good
1: point. But like at the Oscars or the Grammys, you're not going to be like, okay, the the best picture
0: goes to, hold on, play the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't going to happen, Russ. Well, but in the commercial breaks though, there it's it's a, known to yeah. to like have different types of trailers that are like oh you know we're going to you know officially have some sort of a trailer to some hotly anticipated movie that's coming out in a few months and you're only going to see it you know during the oscars yeah that hasn't happened too much that happens usually over like the super bowl some like sure long, i mean super bowl event. i mean if, if you think about like how you know the super bowl itself takes place when, what, what month is the super bowl i think it's february yeah i think you're oh, right it's so terrible we don't even know <laughs> It happens
1: between winter and spring <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean even aside like to give you an idea um Disney dropped one one of their latest Star Wars trailers just during a regular football game mm-hmm. it, like, it wasn't it wasn't the playoffs it wasn't the Super Bowl mm-hmm. But the point is, is that like, it was just a fun thing to do where like, it's like, okay, the timing of it and, and just, you know, all that. It, I just, I think that there, that we are kind of ushering into a new approach to marketing when it comes to gaming and movies. Hmm. That's I, nice, bro. I mean, I, that's just what I'm thinking about. And I think too, like, like, why wouldn't you like, from a marketing standpoint, it's the video game awards. You're as this thing continues to go on year after year, it's going to build up its audience it's a perfect opportunity to be able to like maybe either drop uh, like an updated trailer to something that people were really excited about during E3, or maybe you as a developer intentionally stay away from E3, like like you you don't make your your announcements known there, and instead you wait for the big drop for something like this because there's not as much competition that's like trying to fight for the spotlight. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh? yeah. I could see it either way. <coughs> Speaking of the trailers, they actually had. Oh, he's holding or, a finger. Or
1: what they could do <sighs> is announce it ahead of time, so that they uh, they say, you "No, know, hey, Rockstar is coming out with the latest trailer for Red Dead uh, mm-hmm. or GTA." You know, so you'll have more people to tune in, perhaps.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, to the show, get the hype machine going, of course. Yeah, there, there's a lot of that. And I think, once again, that because this show is so new, mm. I think it's kind of the Wild West in the sense that people are still don't quite know what to do with it. Mm. And so they're beginning to experiment, and I think that that's a really good thing because, like I said, I mean, I, for one, don't want to have to only wait until E3 to get all these great big releases. And see, the other thing, too, is there are other conferences such as PAX or even like... Gamescom. Gamescom. Like, yeah, Gamescom, or even with with Sony, you know, Sony um, is also having their own kind of a conference that they're they're pushing stuff with, mm-hmm. and so as a result, I think that I mean it's it's just a great opportunity to be able to get like like a, like a constant little sprinkling of uh, trailer goodness. Speaking of trailers, during this thing, um, one of the the biggest ones was an update to Hideo Kojima's Death Stranding, and let's um, put this uh, to uh, Death
1: standing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It, I think it's hard for death to um, stand. But they, it can it strand could,
0: because you're dead.
1: Like you're, you have strands of death. death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Oh. interesting. Far out.
0: <clears throat> what did you think of that, Steve?
1: Bizarre. I uh, don't know what the premise is really. Uh, there's a baby grow growing in the guy's throat or something like that. I mm. What in the world? and there's uh, stuff floating in the air and stuff coming up from below you and pulling you underwater, except you can breathe and there is no underwater and things are swimming in the air, but like not flying. Uh, I, it's pretty psychedelic. I feel like I'm on acid or something. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I, I you know, a lot of the trailers, Russ, I, I just uh, I wasn't, you know,
0: didn't grab me by the ghoulies, you know? Wow. Well, when it comes to Death Stranding, I mean, in terms of the production value of it, I don't know if that was a pre-rendered cinematic or if that's considered game graphics. There's been some speculation that the game won't come out until the PS5 is released.
1: Mm, that's going to be a bit rough.
0: Well, they're saying that there's a chance that the PS5 may be released in 2020, <gasps> and if that's the case, that's only a couple of years away. And as old as we're getting, time's flying. is pretty fast, uh, right? Yeah, be here lickety <laughs> split. But. I, for one, really love the visual style. Um, Mr. Kojima has always just... Does know, not ju- disappoint. Yeah, just uh, all of, of the Metal Gear uh, games that he's worked on. I mean, he, he really is a pioneer in the gaming sphere. But um, Gamer sphere, I think is what you're trying to say. Right? Yeah, what did I say? Gaming sphere. Gaming sphere? What did you say? Gamer sphere? Yeah, no. that's it. Yeah, well, yeah mm-hmm.
1: it kind of combines the two. I like it. Yeah, you're welcome.
0: <clears throat> but anyway, I think it's interesting that he had a bit of a falling out with Konami, and he started his own production house called, you know, appropriately enough, Kojima Productions. Yeah. Smack
1: you in the face, Konami.
0: Oh well, <laughs> and uh, I think that now that he has his own production studio, he has been able to kind of uh, do away with some of the the creative shackles that Konami w- was uh, keeping on him. And so I'm very curious to see how this game comes out. Um, I, it's just amazing the visuals itself, and like you said, I mean, it, it is kind of confusing. There's there's not like a a, a very clear cut plot as to what's happening. I mean, it just it looks as though there, obviously there's some sort of supernatural entity of some sort and mm. it's causing him like, I, I don't know if like they're, they're going between worlds or they're transporting between different like realities or dimensions or something. It just, you could tell that, that um, they're having a lot of fun with more of the abstract. Mm. And I think that he's trying to use that as a vehicle to be able to, to tell this this story in particular, but Plenty of visuals that I mean that that make. I, I'll say this, if for nothing else. I mean, I personally was captivated watching that latest trailer because I'm just like, I don't know what is happening, but I don't know what's happening, but I, I love it. I, I can't stop watching it. I'm just like, what <laughs> the heck is going on? And of course, you know, seeing Norman Reedus in there, I mean, is, is, is super cool. Yeah, I, super I, I, haven't,
1: cool. I haven't jumped on that boat yet, Rose, but I will.
0: Now, were there any other games that had trailers that caught your eye? The only one one and only <laughs> that
1: caught my eye was the, uh, <laughs> was the Metro. Okay. what did you think of that? I thought it looked interesting. Um, I mean, we saw, uh, a trailer for it during E3 and you and I both liked it, right? This one didn't seem as polished as the yeah. trailer we saw. So maybe this one was not Xbox one enhanced didn't have the Scorpio treatment, I don't know. But don't know. it didn't look as good. It still looked interesting though. It has that half-lifey kind of feel to it.
0: It didn't look nearly as cool yeah. as E3. I think yeah. that there was some smoke and mirror action going on during mm. E3. Cuz looking at that, I'm just like, uh, like, okay.
1: Well, I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But the rest of the trailers, I it, they uh they I wasn't too stoked about them.
0: What about Soul Calibur 6?
1: Mm, I didn't see that one. Soul Calibur 6? Oh. Six? Six. six. I, went through, I went through like a half hour of trailers, and I didn't see no Soul Calibur 6, Russ. Mm. Soul Caliber 6. Mm.
0: Sophitia and all of her glory right there. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely glory. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, apparently, you have not seen every trailer. Maybe I didn't see all of them, Russ, but... Well, anyway, I am excited about that because I'm a big Soul Calibur fan. You haven't played any of them for like five years? That's great, bro. I. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. I know I bought Soul Calibur 4. I don't know if I bought Soul Calibur 5. You didn't. We'll have to check my gaming (laughs) library. But no, I'm uh, looking forward to this because it has been a long time. And it looks like, at least from the trailer, my hope is, is that they're going back to the basics because there was one Soul Clubber in particular that their whole approach to the gameplay mechanics was just bizarre. They kind of abandoned what the game was about and they did this other thing. And I was just like, ah, I'm not liking this at all. I'm not digging it. So hopefully they will have fixed that. I just want to see the... the what is What was it called
1: when the characters... Uh, demonstrate their martial arts. Um, they gave you they, they gave you a demo. like they, Right, a like, little character demo. Yeah, those were awesome.
0: I'm sure it'll be back. Did you watch the Dreams trailer? Uh,
1: I think I did, yes. I, I forgot what a lot of these titles were, but I saw a bunch of hodgepodge trailers, and I just wasn't really stoked.
0: Did you watch the God of War gameplay trailer there, Steve? No, I did not. <sighs> well... I do believe it is difficult for you to comment on this segment, seeing as how it doesn't seem like you've seen a whole lot here. Did you watch the Detroit one, Steve? Yes. Okay. What did you think of Detroit?
1: Eh, I I could pass on that one.
0: Yeah, that one itself for me, I was, I don't know, I'm on the fence about. Mm. I think that there, there are certain aspects of the story that I think are intriguing. Yeah. But it's definitely not a game where I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to play that. I can't wait to put that one in the pile. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) I'm never going to let that go. Nor should you, Steve.
0: (laughs) Now, you did see the trailer for Wipeout.
1: I did, yeah. Well, PlayStation VR?
0: Yeah. What would you think of that?
1: I I, I think the idea is cool. I don't think it looks as cool as I would like it to, especially on PlayStation Pro. Mm. I haven't played Wipeout in a few years, and... The last time I did play it, it felt very arcade and not as inertia-like as the original Wipeout for PlayStation 1. Yeah. Uh, The weapons didn't have that uh, punch to them, and and, uh, it just felt very arcade, kind of... I'll wait, Russ. I'll wait. Yeah, Get it out. Get it out. Anyway. Nice pile
0: of tissues on the table. That's awesome. <laughs> I'll uh, have you know that you have uh, talked about that pile at least three times. I, time. I, <laughs> Let's get on my nerves.
1: Anyhow, what I would like to see with Wipeout is 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 more of uh, that original makeup to come back. I want to. I also want a, a cockpit view of of uh, while you're racing. Because you can go third person, I think you can go. Yeah, you can go near the track. And before, there's only a couple different perspectives. I like to have a, uh, a few more thrown in there. And I, as you know, when I'm playing driving games, I like to get inside the car and uh, see
0: what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? My thing is that the graphics didn't look very impressive. And I say that because I remember when the first Wipeout game came out. I mean, that was one of the big attracting things about the game was just like, man, the the tech. I haven't On seen anything game. before like it. Exactly, and but like looking at, at the the new one here, I'm thinking, man, these graphics just don't. I mean, they look dated, and they don't look like they're pushing anything. And especially when you're dealing with a futuristic racer like Wipeout, especially one that like kind of pr- like prided itself on having kind of that that really next high level. end next level look. Yeah, that is the, the thing that was kind of disappointing for me. I think I wonder if
1: since they're running it through the VR that they have to scale it back a bit. I wonder.
0: Well, and, my, and that's another question, too, is why go the VR route? Because you're on a, a fixed track. I mean, it's not like I'm going to be, like, blasting at 180 miles an hour forward and I'm looking to my left and my right going, Hey, look at the sky. This is great. I mean, oh, I, look, I'm, I think I see a bird nesting. Yeah, I, I'm going to be just <laughs> focused on the tracks. So I don't fall off. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was one that did not particularly excite me, Steve. <laughs> that's nice, Rose. Oh, I'm going to take that. <laughs> so, yeah, there were some other trailers and whatnot, but um, honestly, I think that they're uh, eh, nothing that that we were really going crazy about. I think for me personally, like I said, seeing at Death Stranding trailer, that was a high point for me. Um, seeing Soul Calibur 6 also was was really cool. I'm glad to see that they're making another one. And they're using the Unreal 4 engine for that game too, which is cool. Mm, yeah, Unreal is always a good thing. <clears throat> um, but yeah, when in terms of just getting back to the different companies and um, who won which awards, that sort of thing, I think Nintendo was certainly the big winner. I think Sony also um, came away with uh, quite a few of the uh, proverbial trophies but really i mean microsoft only really had forts seven and when you think about also just the different trailers that were there i think that they the only one they were really kind of pushing was sea of thieves and even that one is like eh, why like where right. where where is the first party support where is the first party content that normally you know you would see some heavy hitters and there's just there just aren't any
1: and that may have been a point of mine too which is if you're going to have an award show we you're going to have the best of the best, you better have a very good trailer if you're going to show a trailer. So if you're going to already show something that we've already seen at E3, okay, cool, but it's nothing uh, very, very surprising. I mean, it's still cool, but if you're going to show something world premiere and it's only something that's so-so, <clears throat> different, you know, it might not be the right time to even show it. Mm. Like, let's say, sorry, let's say they held off the Spider-Man trailer for PlayStation from E3, and they decided to put it with the 2017 Game Awards. uh That would have been cool. Everyone would have looked at that thinking, okay, we're celebrating
0: the best of the best
1: right now with awards. And then this game comes on when everyone goes crazy about it. You know, that would have been something, I think, decent to play.
0: Yeah. And I think that 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 just plays right into what we were talking about earlier, which is just that this, you know, this award show has only been around for three years and each year, I think it gets a little bit better, a little bit better. People are starting to understand that it exists. The audience is growing, that sort of thing. So I think there probably will be more of that. And really, I mean, that's what Mr. Kuchima did with Death Stranding was that he purposely did not, um you know, show the the same trailer that he had shown earlier and that sort of thing. And even at E3, uh, he was really not very forthcoming with a lot of information. So it's really cool because now people are it, it, actually it serves two purposes and, and and they're both intertwined with each other in the sense that now people are talking about the latest trailer of Death stranding. And as a byproduct, they're also talking about where it was shown, which was during the game Awards. you know on, on that you know same token. People are going to see the Game Awards or talking about it, and then all of a sudden, as a result of watching the Game Awards, now they're talking about Death Stranding. So it's 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 really cool how like both of those just the relationships just really help each other out. Did you have any closing thoughts about the Game Awards of this year, Steve? Did any you know? Uh, well, I'll let you go first. Go ahead, Steve. My final thought is
1: uh, we didn't talk about this, but the the director for The Way Out. Came on, ah yes, and started talking about his game again. That was shown over E three, and it it kind of gave me more of a solidification. I would say that I I do want to get that game. That we need to play it, and we need to twitch it. Uh huh. They 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 played a clip of him talking about the game and how passionate the guy already is, and <clears throat> throughout the. The, the awards show, people were mentioning about you know, the loot boxes and yeah. the microtransactions. That's, that's bad taste in people's mouth. And he mentioned it a couple of times. There, there were two instances with him. And he brought out the game in front of the camera and said, there's no need to buy two of these games. You can buy one game and with, two people can play it oh, simultaneously. Yeah. So he and I don't know. To me, watching him be so passionate about the game, the, his game, And taking a risk saying that they're not going to be money hungry and greedy and do all these microtransactions and whatever and whatnot, Uh, that people are essentially going to have to buy one copy of the game, not two. Mm -hmm. I think it's taking a risk, and I I I definitely want to pick it up.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely curious about that game. I honestly think that you and I will have a a blasty blast. We'll have a hoot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some might even say a hoot nanny. (laughs) Did you have any other thoughts? Uh, No. I was a little disappointed at how Horizon Zero Dawn was really shut out of all of the awards because I'm a huge fan of that game. And I realize that this particular award show is based on fans just putting in their votes, you know, so so it's more of a people, you know, vote.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But if I'm Guerrilla Games, I mean, I'm thinking, like, man, that was kind of brutal like like you know you were runners up or or, a runner up um on several different categories Mm. and you just didn't win a single one it's like man that's just that sucks it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with the various journalistic awards like ign and that sort of thing see if uh any of them were to give the nod to horizon zero dawn because that game is i mean yeah it's not by no means it's not a perfect game but there is a lot in there to like. At the same time,
1: it did get many mentions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Plus, at this point, pretty much the majority of the audience who wanted to buy the game has already bought the game. So most of their money is going to be already made. If they won an awards, it'd just be maybe like a, a crown jewel or the, the frosting on the cake in a way, because they can say this is the reward for all of our hard work beyond...
0: Uh, what we've earned for it. Well, and I think that's what I'm getting at, really, is the fact that they put a ton of work into that game, and it shows. I mean, like, like just... That game that is a really well-made game. Hmm. And so, it, just looking at it, I'm just like, man, it would have been nice to, if it could have scored something. So, I mean, and there are games that won multiple awards. I mean, Legend of Zelda walked away with at, at least three different awards. So... I don't know. And I mean, as a result too, it's interesting to think about how both Zelda and Mario Odyssey um, were released in the same year because Mario Odyssey really got snubbed as well. Just due to the fact that um, Zelda kind of edged it out. And I think that had Mario Odyssey been released like in January, for instance, of of next year, I think it would have been able to be a shoe in for quite a few of those awards. But as a result there, that's a yet another game that even though I haven't played everyone I talk to um, says the exact same thing about like just how great it is and everything else. So, Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check out patreon.com joygasm and subscribe to get the most out of the show. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on soundcloud.com joygasm TV. Last but not least, search joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Central. We'll see you next time.